Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker, and this is WP Water Cooler, episode number 331. I want to say thank you very much for all of you for coming and hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Um, you can go over to our website at wpwatercooler.com, where you figure out where to subscribe to this stuff and all the things that are going on here. If you like this stuff, hit the thumbs up button. We really appreciate it. This particular episode of WP Water Cooler is brought to you by ServerPress, makers of desktop server. Make sure you go over to their website over at serverpress.com where you can learn about how you can do local WordPress development. Says always trying to mess me up doing my I'm thing. Laughing. I usually just hide I'm the window. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go around the room real quick and get everyone tr- introduced. Say, tell us about yourself. Um, uh, no, I'm Say Reed. I make WordPress, teach WordPress, preach WordPress at Say Reed Media on all the things. And I'm running late today, so <laughs> this is the kind of day that it is. Awesome. Oh, 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 wait. And I'm an organizer, co organizer for WordCamp Long Beach. I have to remember to say that now. Woo-hoo. That's a thing. Oh. That's oh. a thing. Jonathan, how about you? Tell us about yourself. I, uh, Jonathan Wold, live in beautiful North Idaho, and um, I, I live and breathe WordPress. Oh. Thanks. So sorry, dude. <laughs> there, <there's> yeah. <laughs> that was like a condition. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Tevye, how about you? Tell us about yourself. Uh, my name is Tevye Washburn, and I'm currently what my family and I like to call home free. <laughs> we don't have a, a home right now, but we will be relocating to Mexico soon. Um, Mexico? And yes, Playa del Carmen, Mexico, on the Yucatan Peninsula, right on the, uh, it, it's in the Caribbean. That's great. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, yeah, tell us a bit more about you real quick. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I got distracted. Um, that never happened. So my main focus right now is Starfish Reviews, which is a review marketing plugin that I built uh, with uh, my developer, Matt, and um, we're really excited about it. Cool. But awesome. I also do uh, WordPress maintenance and support services, too. Nice. Well, good to have you on. We always like first timers. So uh, thank you for coming out and hanging out with us. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me over at Jason Tucker on Twitter. My website is jasontucker.blog. I do this show as well as another show called WP Blab. We actually took the week off uh, last week for WP Blab, but we'll be picking it up again this month and it's going to be awesome. So feel free to go take a look at that over at dpwarcore.com. All right, so um, we, we talked a little bit about this during the pre-show, but I think we should probably open it up maybe for, uh, for our, uh, our viewers as well. How, um, how should we kind of uh, start off with this topic of... I have, a question. I have no this. idea, because yeah. I was not here. Do you, like, do you like Shopify or WooCommerce better, and why? You're just going to start <laughs> with that? That is, that is a big cliff to jump <laughs> off of, Jonathan. What do you think? Uh, I do think that we'll be talking about topics like that at WordCamp Long Beach on Sunday. Okay. So I guess it depends on how you how you how you want to approach that that topic. So like, as a customer, Jonathan wants to approach it like a Mack truck. No, no, like as a cust- like as a customer, I could care less. Um, every once in a while, depending on if the site. If the site's going to, you know, if I'm going to be spending a lot of money on a website, then I probably want it to be, you know, I know this thing's actually going to, the transaction's going to actually go through. And it's not like somebody just like set this up and forgot about it. Um, if I'm just buying stickers off somebody's website or something like that, then, you know, it, sure, could be whatever. 
Quick segue, like how do you determine whether you can trust the site or not? Uh, is it is it a marketplace or is it a one offer type thing like this guy's selling a book and that's it? Let's say it's a one off. Like you go to a website and they're selling something. How do you decide as a customer whether you trust it or not? I just give everyone my credit card number. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just take it. Oh, actually, no, wait. I don't actually buy things. So that's, that's actually my problem. If it accepts <laughs> Apple Pay, that's pretty cool. That, that that will get me to like, no joke, like start the whole process over and open up Safari and then pay that way. Um, if it takes <laughs> that's, that's e-commerce offer an Apple Pay option? Yep. Is that new? Yeah. Uh, uh, through Stripe you can. Can you yeah. pay in Libra? Yet? <laughs> <laughs> no? I don't think so. That's not a thing? Not yet. No. Not yet. I'm Please. ahead of the curve. <laughs> no, I'm really not. I'm not pro that. Can you pay in Bitcoin? Do any of you pay in See, Bitcoin? I've never owned a Bitcoin, so I have no idea. Well, if you owned a whole Bitcoin, then you. <laughs> well, I've never owned even a fraction of one. So, <laughs> whoa, dude! You're like I've never been a millionaire. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> but trust, like deciding whether you trust, because a lot of people. We were talking about Amazon before the show. When you go on Amazon, my preference as a Prime subscriber is like I want to buy things that have Prime shipping. And I typically avoid third parties. Um, I'll certainly buy third party if there's nothing available. They all show up in the marketplace, but I like the first party products. Jonathan crushing the small business market individually. Well, yes, <laughs> this is, which is why it's problematic because what Amazon ends up doing is that they'll identify popular third parties and then they'll white label and create their own versions of them. And it's mm-hmm. like on the one side, pretty attractive like you get a lot of great products they show up the next day or kind of whatever but on the other side you end up stifling like on the other side completely predatory behavior that crushes all innovation so what do you do (laughs) well i mean right like oh go ahead oh i was just gonna say so my my perspective is shopify takes away a lot of the hassle so if you want easy you got easy but WooCommerce gives you so many options. Like Shopify's checkout is somewhat convoluted in my opinion. And you can use some, uh, you know, an additional plugin or something on WooCommerce and make it super simple where it's like, click, click, bam, you're done. <laughs> and so it, it kind of just depends on, do you want to customize click, it a click, bunch? Bam, or you're or not do you wanna... only good sometimes. I just want to point that out. Okay, sorry. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but if you're the store owner, you want it that way, right? <laughs> you want to remove friction for your customers, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, you just have to get over just just keep talking past the interruption. <laughs> it's your first time on the show, so you don't know that yet. You, the side comments are not meant to derail you. They're just for color. It took me a couple, it took me a couple of times to sort of deal with you. Yeah. It's been 330 what episodes. I think it took me about the last 30 episodes to figure that one out. But hey. <laughs> <laughs> just keep talking. It'll all be fine. Breathe. So I guess I guess one of the things regarding this 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 topic is you were saying that you can make it faster or slower or add additional steps or do any of those sorts of things. So the experience isn't the same from site to site. So it's like it's like you're almost using an entirely new, you know, checkout system. Well, the the big thing of what Shopify and WooCommerce are, they're platforms. And a platform, if it's doing its job well, like Microsoft is now the most valuable company in the world. It is a platform company. It focuses on building things that its customers and its suppliers use to build on top of. Commerce right? is not a platform. It's a plugin. WooCommerce is a platform. 
You think it, WooCommerce is a platform? It's WordPress yeah. is the platform of WooCommerce. So, so that would make WooCommerce a scaffolding. Yes, and like a deck. Part of it, it's it's like a um, part of it's like where I think WooCommerce could go and what its current state is. It has the pieces of it being a platform. It calls itself a platform. And like, if you think of WordPress as the operating system, WooCommerce would be like a flavor of it focused on commerce specifically. Okay, well, if WordPress is an operating system, then yes. I'm just saying, you know, there is a foundation upon it being built on WordPress. You can't Absolutely. like have WooCommerce decoupled from WordPress. Absolutely. But it depends on think- what, your, what your level, your ground level term is. So if WordPress is the operating system for creating on the web, WooCommerce, in my mind, is the is the sort of the platform that you use for commerce on the web. Like a lot of people building with WordPress don't intend to ever sell anything. But for those who do, it is uh, it can serve as a base for that. Yeah. I don't know. If I was going to sell one item on my website, I don't think I would install WooCommerce and that would be my thing to, to do. It's like building, it's like, like you said, installing an operating system in your operating system. Yeah, I mean, you're just going to put a PayPal button on that. You can do a PayPal button. You can do, if it's a digital product, you might use a digital solution. Like there's all, it really depends on what you're trying to do. You also, the old Amazon marketplace that Jonathan will never purchase from. <laughs> I have PDD or even... A gravity form or something gravity like form. that. Okay, we use for our client. Yep. Both, which will integrate with PayPal. But here's the thing. Are we talking about this from the, we're, we're kind of double talking about this. We're kind of talking about it both from the user perspective as a purchaser yep. and we're talking mm-hmm. about it as the seller of the thing. So mm-hmm. we kind of got to clarify what we're talking about. Okay. Here. From well, the user perspective, like, Amazon offers, frankly, a great experience, right? But I think you have to enter your credit card number. The problem, <laughs> the problem with Amazon long term, the risk is that you can end up having a pretty homogenous ecosystem where Amazon like determines all the things. If they don't like something, that's it. Like you don't have, you know, you don't have independence, right? So I think the ideal is where platforms sit in tension with folks like Amazon on the other side who bring all these things together, and you can have people who can do very well independently outside of that. But it's a, there's a lot of friction there because with Amazon, you put your credit card in, you never have to do it again, and it all just kind of works. I've been on customer, I've been on, on company websites where I want to buy a product and I want to know, is the price that they're selling it at like the, the lowest price that I can get it? And most of the time, it's, the, it's like the, it's the, you know, it's the makers of this product. And I'll go on Amazon, I'll look because I know Amazon fluctuates the prices and I'll look and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, it's cheaper. Awesome. Check that out. And it's probably probably so doomed. It's but what's really bad is now I'm looking at the reviews for it. And so I'm looking at the reviews to figure out whether or not I should even buy this thing or not. Yeah. And Amazon suggests another product entirely as well. I like, built one e-commerce website in my entire life and that's it. I, and I, I don't, that's not the business I want to be in. So that's, that's where I'm coming from as a, as just a, a straight. So, and then here's where a platform comes in because what Shopify does and, and, and does well is they'll provide all these tools to merchants under this premise of like, Hey, we want to help you succeed. We're going to streamline a bunch of stuff. We're going to bring you all the parts and pieces and we're going to make it as easy as possible for you to do your thing, to be independent and successful without having to need Amazon. And we'll try to streamline things so you can offer a good experience to your customers. That's, that's the premise. Right. Uh, I would also like to point out that Shopify just introduced uh, fulfillment as part of its component, which WooCommerce 
Ob's not doing. Um, wow. And that is a direct competition with Amazon. So, you know, Shopify mm. is moving more in that direction of yep. being that third third party. But here's the real question, right? Is like, if everyone's like, I just want to be on Amazon and I got my prime that I'm paying for and I want it in a day or two and, you know, all my numbers are in there and I, it's trustworthy and all this stuff. The question is, is hosting your own e-commerce site even the direction of that, that it's going? You know what I mean? So if Shopify being its own standalone thing, as much as they want to help you, you're still not Amazon. Well, but Amazon has some problems. They have problems. Like there's a lot of complaints about scams and frauds. Like we have one of the problems. Yeah, combination problems. There are like, but there's, there's realities what these days it's like, there's the question of like, am I getting the real product or not? Because, because they're an aggregator, like their job is to get as big as possible. And and nowadays it's like, well, how much can we trust the reviews on Amazon? Like, and so they, they have problems that come because of their size and scale. I'm not going to leave, drop my subscription anytime soon, but like it gives me pause and that happens. (laughs) You're not going to stop using them. But you'll think about it for a minute. <laughs> Absolutely. As well, most. I'll, I'll consider the fact that they are completely exploiting all of their their employees and that they're, you know, forcing all of their third party market Walmart models to completely downgrade their stuff. That will occur to me. It's but I'm not going to give it up. I keep so buying right. it. <laughs> um, Welcome to the So if somebody puts. Amazon checkout or payment method on their WooCommerce site. Do you use that? I, I mean, I think so. Definitely. And I, I think that that also kind of brings in that trustworthiness of Amazon while allowing you to be still this, you know, the independent component because that it's really about the payment process, right? I think is really the, mm-hmm. the fear that people have, right? It's not necessarily, maybe decided to buy a product because you're on their site, but then you're like, what's going to happen to my credit card number? If If people see that they offer Amazon pay, because here's the difference. Like Apple pay is Apple's a platform. They provide, they do a bunch of things, but they have this platform aspect. Can we do an episode called what is a platform, please? Totally. (laughs) Apple, Apple pay. (laughs) It's sort of ecosystems, right? Like, so it gives me trust. Like, Oh, I trust this Amazon. If I see Amazon pay, I might be just as likely to pull up my Amazon, like pull up Amazon and then search for the product in the search engine and just like get out of there entirely. Right. Cause it's, it's like, it, it's more of a reminder of like, that is way more work. I mean, maybe like I've done that sometimes where it's like, okay, do they have this product on Amazon? Because then I can just one click and it's going to show up. You should see how many windows I have open and, and the tabs in each one of those windows as I'm trying to decide, can I save $3 here versus here versus here? (laughs) And then that $3 pays for like the employer to like actually provide, you know, uh, benefits to their employee who then like, you know, can send their kids to school and all this stuff. And Jeff Bezos is like, I'm as rich as everybody in the world. And we're like, mm, should I give my, my $12 to him or my $15 to this small business? Or Hashtag profit margin. Hashtag, I think we're so disconnected. This is a more philosophical concept, uh, but I think we're so disconnected from, and this is probably Amazon's fault from the purchasing process when we're online it's so disconnected from who we're purchasing from it becomes about is it cheaper how fast is it getting to me and none of those things are human 
right? Right. Like that's even like you could go on their website and, and as web developers, we know how hard it is to build that site, maintain that site. You can be like, Oh, they have so much good information. This is so useful. And then you're like, bounce. I'm going to go over here to Amazon anyway, without even thinking like, Hey, maybe that is worth something. Maybe that is worth that extra $3 to spend, you know, on that person's direct purchase. So they don't pay. Jeff Bezos. And you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that's what Amazon as an ad company is designed to do. It's designed to like bring all the things to basically treat all of its supply as commodities. Like when it, if it's just commodities, you're going to pick the one that's like the best right. price, right? Exactly. You, right. Like you, you may factor in a few things, but it comes down to price and quality. Like there's some basic things. You don't care about the story. Like Right. And that's what the website the individual website does do, right? It tells the story. It's like, here's our team. Here's yeah. how we make our product. Like all of that is all these, all these, you know, shop owners are like pouring out their hearts over here on their websites. And then, you know, we're just like, not even. So caring. I was talking to a merchant the other day. Who, maybe they should just put all their effort into their Amazon and buying Amazon. Well, so here's the thing. I was talking to a merchant the other day and they were, they were asking like, should we go on Amazon or not? And I was like, well, okay, here, you have to think about it for what it is. And one of the things that might make sense for some merchants is to have a product line that goes to Amazon and to think of it like, like use the mm-hmm. aggregation for what it is. Like you do well, get. Sweeter. Yeah. But, and think of it like an introduction to your brand. Right. That's what I always tell people about Etsy. It's the same thing. I was like, mm-hmm. keep keep a boutique line or a specific line of your best sellers on Etsy and then maintain the rest of it on your shop. So once they develop a relationship with your product, when yeah. they purchase it, then they'll go sense. to your website. You can send a discount thing and the product, whatever. Yeah. And then they will build a direct relationship. So it's kind of like this introductory. But yeah. would you still hop over if you I guess if you can't get that other thing on Amazon or on Etsy you would go get that from that's what platforms provide so Shopify will say yeah like you like Shopify has Amazon integrations Blue has Amazon integrations so it's like we'll make it easy for some of those products to kind of go there but but when you think strategically as a merchant it's like the relationship with my customer is what matters most I don't want to give up that relationship which is what Amazon demands Amazon says you give up the relationship we have the relationship with the customer. You're just a commodity. You they, you don't even give up your relationship with the price. Like it is so it is so hilarious to me. I have a lot of author friends, and uh, every so often they'll be like, "Hey, my book's on sale on Amazon for like three dollars. You should go buy it today." And <laughs> I think it's both hilarious that they're like randomly Amazon puts random stuff on sale for no reason, just because of algorithms. But also that in order to sell that book the author is then promoting that lower pr- cut price, which cuts out the publisher, cuts out their cut and everything. So even the authors or the creators of the product are willing to send you over to Amazon because they know that, that frictionless process and will more can, likely put the book in your hand. That can be great if you're not trying to make money on book sales, which is pretty difficult. <laughs> okay, well, if you're an author, that's <laughs> rare. Well, 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 uh, like that's a, that's leads to speaking or to consulting or there's, I mean, it depends on your strategy, but if that, but if your strategy, poets, so that's strategy. If, they get enough, <laughs> if they get enough sales at that lower price point, though, it can bump them in their listings and rankings so that then they get more sales at their regular price. So there is some logic behind the madness of why they would want to do that. 
Yeah, because everyone wants to sell more books in general. It's not like if you sell 100 books at half price or 50 books at full price, it sounds better. And it is better if you sold that 100 books and that more people have that book in your hand. But then that also leads to the whole like, you know, printing publisher, you know, that whole line down the end and how where it ends up at the end of the day. Like, you know, it's so easy to have this conversation on an individual user or an individual shopkeeper conversation right what's best for this Hmm. one isolated thing i think it's when we aggregate the problem into the full thing that we start having these compound issues right so it's the same thing with like trash it's not a big deal if you like put a piece of trash out right just one piece of trash and maybe it won't matter or if you use one straw maybe it doesn't matter whatever you use one piece of plastic but when everybody does it you know, that's when the compound problem comes in. And we, as humans, are really lacking that ability to take that bigger perspective. Jeff Bezos is not not unable to take that bigger perspective, no. however I would like to put it. So yeah. for, for somebody who's running the shop, you know, I always look at a, a number of things, especially even on a, on a normal website where you're not selling anything. But you have to pay for the hosting itself. You have to pay for the maintenance of it. You have to pay for all the crazy plugins that you need to be able to like figure out your tax and figure out your shipping and figure out all your stuff or jetpack or whatever the other types of things that you have to have for all that. So you have all of those expenses that you have to pay for, or you go with something like Shopify where that's all kind of worked out and you're just paying for whatever Shopify provides. And and there's a cut that happens with that and things just happen. So like, should people start with one versus the other? Are they ditching WooCommerce to go to Shopify? I mean, I've, I've seen like both both ways here. So how okay. do we how do we name that? They're so excited about they're ditching Shopify for WooCommerce. <laughs> what they, wait, what, Tevia? Are they going the other way? I said if if they're selling anything CBD related, they're ditching Shopify for WooCommerce because Shopify is shutting them down. <laughs> so is WooCommerce. Well, WooCommerce, if you're connected to the main um, WordPress. Uh, yeah. They actually backed off on that and said they'll support it now. That was smart as hell. Yeah. That was real smart. (laughs) Let's touch on the the, the fundamental here. Uh, So on the ones, like a platform that focuses on empowering its merchants is the best way to compete with Amazon. Like Ben Thompson. Shopify's whole whole method right now. So, but but from my perspective, Ben Thompson he, on Sertechery.com, he writes about this, and he, like this was what kind of got me thinking about it a while back. Like Shopify is is a good bet against Amazon. From my perspective, though, I I see problems with Shopify from an open web perspective, right? Like their approach mm-hmm. out of control, their approach to like it's a closed source ecosystem, right? Like you, if you don't want on Shopify, you can't leave with it's a private WordPress, company. Yeah, and it's, well, no, it's a public company now. Well, okay, but I mean, like, well, and then that point, profit, profit motivated yeah. company, so it's closed. Yes. Yeah, well, it's even more of that because now they have quarterly. I was on their earnings call earlier this week, and oh, investors. God. How many are, shares of Shopify do you own, Jonathan? Zero. I okay, am. is that three or zero? Because zero. I- <laughs> <laughs> zero. Um, but but they are hungry it's for growth, exposure. and that's leading Shopify into things like Shopify Capital, which is like. At cash advances, basically, on like there's all sorts of products. That's what PayPal does that. PayPal will do cash advances to its vendors, also. And and it's like it depends on how you look at it. Is it a positive or negative? It's kind of a question mark. Anyway, ultimately, I suggest that Woo 
is a better platform for the open web. If you don't like what's happening with whoever you're hosted with, you could leave and it's still your WordPress. With Shopify, mm -hmm. if you don't like it, you're stuck. You can't go anywhere. I mean, yeah, can, and, and retooling yeah. your entire your entire thing is is you know complicated. Yeah. Current state, like Shopify has four thousand plus employees, a thirty five billion dollar market cap, and <laughs> but but they have <laughs> some fundamentals that I think are are give it a, give it a, a chance. So I'm uh, I'm rooting for Woo. I mean, I hope so. Otherwise, you are on the wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you trust Amazon reviews more or Shopify reviews or WooCommerce oh, dude, reviews? All, everything's gamed and everything can be gamed and everything <laughs> will be gamed. Um, no, I, I still do. I still do trust reviews. I just evaluate them more, more like... Uh, critically. Dude, I've, been, I've, I've received emails from companies that say, hey... Um, we know you bought this product from us. We're wondering if you would like another one of our products. And here's how this works. We'll send you a, a, a PayPal uh, payment. And then we want you to go on Amazon and pay for the product using your own credit card, like buy your own stuff. Then, seller. then you let us know Buyer. that you received it. And then we want you to write a review about it. And if you write us a good yeah. review, not, not a positive review, a good review, then we'll send you another product for you to check out. Yeah. So they and I was like, you and send you a product. Oh yeah. So they're paying you all, all different ways. And they're not I mean, consciously just, asking you to say good things, but it's implied. It's implied that it's like, Oh, that's well, why they uh, said we will We want you to give us a good review or, you know, not, not like a positive review, but rather like make sure your review is good. Like you, you took some time writing it and you do, a, right. you, you do it very well. And I'm like, Mm, this is starting to sound like you're you're trying to pay me to write you a good review. It's like the restaurants that are like, we'll give you a free dessert for your Yelp review. And it's like, are you really showing your server your, your one-star review to get your free dessert? I don't think that's what's happening. Yeah. Like, that's not the thing. You're like, oh, well, here's my review. You suck. Can I have my dessert now? <laughs> I want my sauce, please. That's not a thing. I, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you mentioned reading them much more critically now. So like what kind of filters or what kind of things do you have in mind as you read over those reviews, knowing that some of them are probably gamed? I, I, I actually put more weight into um, like reviews that have cons listed and I sort of evaluate the cons. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm, if I'm reviewing a business, I immediately look for the negative reviews for that business. And I look for how the owner responded. The owner's response. Yeah says more to me about whether I'll do business with them. Cause think bad things will always happen. Someone will always have a bad experience. Yeah. When I see an owner, Nobody's perfect. when I see an owner come in and, and like acknowledge it and like, basically I'm looking for, are they defensive about it? Are they like, well, how do they respond? And if they respond well, that negative review does more for me to say, yeah, I'm going to do business with this company than all right. the, a bunch of positives. I use a product. I use a product. Sorry. I use a product called fake spot. And FakeSpot's a, a Chrome extension that you install on your computer, and it will go and look for all the different reviews that are on there and determine if these people have been writing hundreds of reviews, tens of reviews. It figures out there's an algorithm there that's looking at to figure out if there's reviews that are kind of being that's paid cool. for. FakeSpot. Works with Amazon, yeah, uh, Best cool. Buy, Sephora, Walmart, TripAdvisor, and Yelp. 
Damn. Hmm. My question to you, uh, Jonathan, is if there are no negative reviews for you to make that judgment by just because maybe the product's super great, then what? I feel it makes me uncomfortable, actually, when there's no negative. That's like, really interesting. Like, it, I'm like, companies are like, we only want positive reviews and these negative reviews suck. And you're like, I'm evaluating you by your negative reviews. Well, and here's, here's a good example. Like, if there's a new app and it's all five stars in the app store, I immediately first, I assume that it must be brand new. But like, I'm like, ah, okay, I'm going to kind of wait for a moment here because it's like, there's like, yeah, anyway, it's there. If you go straight to perfect, it's like, well, where's the room for growth? Like, that just seems really hard. to believe. <laughs> yeah. Statistically, that's very typical of most consumers these days. That's how most perceive it too. What? You don't want 100% five-star reviews. If you're too good, you're you're not you're not authentic. So uh, confession, yeah, I, I used perfect. to on my tests as a homeschool student. I didn't really like math. I learned pretty quickly that you don't go for a hundred percent on your when you're cheating. Like, <laughs> did you do that in, in public school too? Just so you know, I've learned so much about you in this episode, Jonathan. <laughs> Even more than the than the therapy episode we did. Wait, you didn't you didn't already know that he was homeschooled? Come on. <laughs> I didn't know. No, I didn't know that he was homeschooled. Sorry. You could tell. I knew he was but you know, I just just making my just making my personality assessments, that's all. Oh man. <laughs> you're, uh, you're not looking at the time, Jason. Oh, I'm looking at the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, we started a minute late. Okay. I was like, I have more things to say if you're not going to call this. No, no we're, we're, we're holding <laughs> it to half an hour. So I want to say thank you very much for all of you for hanging out with us and talking with us. You know, water cooler is just a mixed bag of stuff. There's all sorts of fun stuff that happens around here. And sometimes we're That's talking. That's our new tagline. Water cooler. We're a mixed bag. 